ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. The Secret of Manifestation. In this podcast, Eckhart answers questions about the aphorism, be careful what you wish for. He says, when we attempt to manifest certain desires in our lives, it's critical we discern whether the motivation is ego-driven or something more profound. Eckhart encourages everyone to be who they are at the deepest level. He says, anything we achieve on the horizontal plane will also have a downside. Therefore, he encourages us to not get too attached to outcomes. He says, as we reach a state of deeper consciousness, we learn to transcend the polarities of good or bad, and we simply align ourselves with what is. Um, Hi, Eckhart. Hi. I just, I want to let you know something. I've been visualizing speaking with you in person for many years now, so I've manifested. (laughs) (laughs) Works. Yes, it does. Um, so my question for you today is around the idea of like right now in my life, I do feel very fulfilled to the point where, you know, I don't really need to manifest really anything because I really want to be embedded in the being. But I, I think part of it is also due to me feeling subconsciously scared to manifest anything because in the past, when I have tried to manifest anything, most of it came true with, with a price that that I had to pay tremendous amount of suffering and awakening to kind of get to where I need to get. So I think a part of me is also afraid to manifest. So yeah, I just wanted to hear what your thoughts are around that and how I can reconcile that. Yes, thank you. So really it's two questions. One is the, the price to pay for when you achieve something. And the other one is, well, it might not be a question, but a point worth mentioning, as you said, right now you don't feel the need to manifest anything. Now let's talk about that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by no means the case that, that a human being should always be engaged in, 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 in manifesting. Sometimes your life unfolds quite well as it is. And you don't need every day to have some kind of new practice to create something new, unless you feel you feel that is what you want to do. So, and some people are actually do not manifest consciously in the way that we are talking about here. They uh, are engaged in some kind of activity that at some point they enjoy it. Is it enjoyment in what they do? 
there may be a con that enjoyment is come, of course always comes from a deeper place and then the activity evolves and suddenly grows into something that bears fruit and grows into something big this can easily happen if you find something in your life that you enjoy doing and, and that means you're good at it it may also involve you have to of course be dedicated to it if you feel there's something that you enjoy whatever it may be playing music writing or even some kind of business that you have if you enjoy doing it then it's very likely that it will grow into something without you necessarily needing to sit down and do manifestation practices or techniques. And this brings us to also a very powerful point to be yourself and to know whether what you want to manifest comes from the ego or whether it comes from the deeper level of yourself is, is important, of course. So important not to live through a mental image of who you are or who you want to be and then try to, on the basis of that mental image, try to manifest something in order to make that mental image better. <laughs> so don't have any mental image of who you want. Be yourself at the deepest level. Then power is there immediately. Be yourself. And I believe the same case is quite a few artists and so on. Uh, and others may have may have used manifestation techniques. They, uh, I know of some sports people who have used been very successful through using manifestation techniques. It varies. So first of all, this you don't always need to be manifesting. Sometimes just enjoy what's already here and what you're doing already, and just see where it goes. And that's fine too. In, enjoy the present moment, enjoy the doing, whatever you're doing in the, in the present moment. It's perfectly fine to do that. And there are there may be periods when manifestation is called for, and then there are other periods when it's no longer needed. And then a little later, there may be another period when you practice it again or not. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The price to pay is... Um... Obviously, everything has a, we're in the world of polarities. Any good thing that you achieve will also have a downside. <laughs> That's just how it is. And so it's not to get 
too attached or to believe that it is it's it is only it can only be positive every person you meet or start living with sometimes you have to live start living with a person to see his or her downside <laughs> sometimes if you just go out on dates you only see one side just the perfect my perfect partner quite obviously perfect until you start living together and then you oh or any situation that you go into will have a downside fame over the years i've met quite a few famous people and some told me that they become after initial elation elated at their fame they became more unhappy than they were before because they lived through an, an image of they started to believe in, in the image that the media projected onto them and became more and more alienated from their true being there's always a downside, as you may have read, many lottery winners <laughs> became very unhappy. The majority of lottery winners, big wins in lotteries, after a few years became extremely unhappy and had very unpleasant life experiences. So no matter what you achieve, it always exists in the world of polarities. The important thing is polarities are here on the horizontal plane, light and dark, and so on, whatever the polarities, yin and yang, light and dark, high and low, uh, here. The important thing for us is to transcend the polarities. So you are in a place where, I often use the image of a triangle or pyramid, so good and bad are here, when you are aware or present enough, then your consciousness is not tied to either the good or the bad. It's not reactive anymore. You're no longer identified with either the good. Ah, I have achieved that me, look at me. You're not identified with the good and you're not identified with the bad. You say, oh, so dreadful, I'm totally, I'm just so devastated, devastated. So you're identified with the bad, identified with the good. These are very unpleasant places, ultimately. Even identify with the good, it's not going to last. Therefore, if you are present, you are at your consciousness at the apex, like a pyramid, or and there here you have the here's the good and here's the bad, but you are here. Or you could invert the triangle in order, because I like the term deeper consciousness. You could say higher consciousness. It's just words. I, I actually like the term deeper consciousness. I often, I, I often talk about the deep eye as opposed to the surface eye. So let's, let's invert this and the good, bad, horizontal plane. And then you go down an inverted triangle. And you are at the point here that is transcendent to good and bad. When you are aware, when you are present, you're at the point of transcendence, which means there's no need anymore to identify with the good when it happens and say, it, because that if you do, it amplifies your ego. You feel inflated. 
some people, you know, chief thing, experience actually ego inflation, I call it. <laughs> and they get real, they become very unpleasant people, they don't even know it. <laughs> so the, you can get ego inflation. Or you identify with the negative, then you get ego, you can either experience ego deflation, but not in a good sense. But many people, even when they identify with the negative, experience a negative ego inflation because the mental image of yourself as a victim of circumstances or victim of other people or victim of society or victim of God, that, that mental image gets very strong. So you identify with the bad, something bad has happened to you, you identify with that, that can also strengthen your ego enormously. So in either case, you're alienated from yourself through identification. So when something good happens, to appreciate it is lovely. To say, oh, thank you, wonderful, thank you. But that's all. It, you don't, it does not become part of your true identity because the identity you have found that already even before the good thing happened. That identity is inseparable from connectedness with the present moment, with the presence of you here and now. So you found that already. So appreciation, yes, or even a possession. Let's say you something is given to you or there's something beautiful and you buy it. You can appreciate something, a beautiful possession without neediness or needing to accumulate vast numbers of possessions, no, but an occasional beautiful object or something like that, and you appreciate it, does it add anything to your identity when you appreciate it? Not necessarily. You can be transcendent to that, appreciate it, oh, lovely, knowing that at some point it will probably leave you or at some point you may enjoy giving it to somebody else. It's easy to let go also when you don't identify with something good, you can easily let go of, the, of something that's good and give it to somebody else, which is always a wonderful thing to do. And when you lose it or somebody steals it, you are not devastated and you tear out your hair, and, oh my God, it's gone, I've lost this dreadful, awful, and then a friend of yours comes to you and says, isn't, isn't this time to, for spiritual practice that you've been talking about for so long? And say, oh, leave me alone with that spiritual practice. Can't you see I've lost this thing that's so valuable? <laughs> Don't bother me in spiritual practice. No, this is not the moment. <laughs> that actually happened to a friend of mine. Uh, so that's transcendent, transcend polarities, don't identify with good or bad, then you have a point of freedom, or let's invert it, here you are at the deeper eye, deeper eye. Then that's, uh, I assume that was my answer to your question. <laughs> yes, yes, oh, wow. You gave me so much clarity as to what I need to do now. Oh. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, Eckhart. Hi. Thank you so much for everything that you do and for taking the time to answer our questions. Um, my question is sort of uh, related to the previous question, actually. I was wondering if 
instead of focusing on manifesting what I think is my life purpose, if I live a surrendered life and approach every action um, in accordance with karma yoga that I've heard you talk about, uh, will my life purpose reveal itself to me? Good, that's uh, also a good question. Karma yoga, may not, maybe not everybody uh, will understand the term. It comes from the Bhagavad Gita, the wonderful scripture, ancient Hindu scripture, one of the great spiritual books of the world, very deep. In a, there are many translations of the Bhagavad Gita, and some leave the term karma yoga untranslated. Now, karma, the Sanskrit term, literally actually means action. It's a law of action and reaction. Yoga is a spiritual practice. So karma yoga is a spiritual practice in action, in activities. In one of the, I have about six or seven different translations of the Bhagavad Gita. In, in one of them, it's Karma Yoga is translated as consecrated action. Consecrated action. It's action that you do not looking as, again, this is a quote from the actual Bhagavad Gita, not looking to the fruit of the action. The fruit of the action means the outcome, not to focus on the desired outcome, but to give your fullest attention to whatever it is that you are doing in this moment, to give it your fullest attention. So consecrate means, one could say, you consecrate it to, to God or the, the higher power or the, or the universe. You, you surrender, surrendered action, consecrated action. And that is a wonderful way to live. Every moment is self-fulfilling. It implies that you are not treating this moment or whatever you're doing at this moment as a means to an end, but as an end in itself. It's radically different from the way most people act. For most people, almost continuously, the present moment is reduced to a stepping stone to some future moment that is believed to be much more important than this one. <laughs> That's an unconscious mind pattern in most people who have not awakened. So the, there's a continuous devaluing of the present moment to a means to an end. And people do it unconsciously. They don't know that that's what they're doing. But that reduces the quality of your life. It reduces the, the power that otherwise could flow through you into this world. It reduces also your ability to really create from the deepest level. If you feel fulfilled in your practice of karma yoga, which is honoring fully the present moment and whatever action you're taking in the present moment, Knowing, yes, knowing that every action may have a certain purpose, a certain aim, and of course, inevitably, the aim of the action is in the so-called future, even the littlest thing, like 
going to the kitchen, get a glass of water out of the fridge, pouring. Of course, you're pouring the water. Of course, you know why you're, you're grasping the bottle and you know why you are, because you want to have a glass of water. Of course, you know what the aim is, but it does not mean that you cannot be fully aware and honor the, the action that's happening at this moment. So that it's a very different way of doing things when you, you in the, on the periphery of your mind, you know what, what the aim is, you know where you're going. You're on a journey. You're, let's say you're walking from A to B. Obviously, you're walking from A to B because you want to arrive at point B. You know that. But you're not focused on arriving at point B. You're focused on the step you're taking at this moment. That's karma yoga. You're honoring each step, but ultimately is only one step. There's only ever the step you're taking at this moment. You're honoring this step. You give your fullest attention to this step. Per peripherally, of course, you know point B, you're going to point B, but your fullest attention is not there. Your fullest attention is on this step. So it's fulfilling in itself and great power comes with that. If you can live like that, it is quite possible that, you're, that something deeper will emerge from that, what you call your life purpose. But I lived like that for uh, quite a, many years and basically I still live like that now. But there, is, there was a moment many years ago when I had a feeling that my work was not unfolding sufficiently or almost too slowly. I was practicing karma yoga, just living in the present, but I, there was a deep a sense of, okay, this, I knew there's a, there's a spiritual teaching coming through, there's a spiritual power coming through. I also knew that I was only reaching a handful of people. I was seeing people in private spiritual sessions. Occasionally I would do a workshop for 10 people or so on average. Once I did a workshop in England, I was living in England, only one person turned up. I did it anyway. So I had this feeling that I need this something, I needed to do something to enable this power to come through more fully so that, yes, I was surrendered. And, the, and then I found myself in a village church in England. I've told the story before in Somerset in a little church, old 800 year old, that's these wonderful little churches that every English village has an empty church and I sat there and I suddenly I felt uh, um, inspired to say, to, to tell something to the consciousness, although not separate from consciousness, but it was manifesting something. I want acceleration, please, I said. <laughs> acceleration of the work was implied. I want acceleration acceleration i meditated on acceleration in that empty church <laughs> and then the I, these uh, thought of acceleration stayed with me for a while and then it disappeared 
And a few weeks later, a change happened. And uh, I suddenly felt a deep impulse that I had to move to the west coast of North America. And I didn't know why, but that was all connected with the power of now and so on. I, di I didn't connect these things at first, the impulse to move. It came because I had made a demand I had, or request. Otherwise, I was completely surrendered to the present moment. But I felt, so if it comes to you to connect it with your question, if it comes to you, then something you may be uh, uh, feel inclined or not to contribute some direction or to, to uh, where life is going. It doesn't mean you're separating yourself because you aren't not separate from the totality. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. So if you feel totally fulfilled in your karma yoga, that's perfectly fine. It is possible that something deeper will emerge that you might call your life purpose. It is also possible that your life purpose is to continue to practice karma yoga no matter when and where. That is in itself is a wonderful contribution to human consciousness because I call that a frequency holder. Some humans do not are not interested in creating very much out there. They, they are not interested in, they don't feel any urge from within to manifest anything in particular, except what, what's already there in their lives. These are human beings. I've met quite a few of them. Some live, in, live close to nature. Some work as gardeners. Some are artists, they work, they do things with their hands, pottery, sculpture, other things. And they're, they're, they're fine with that. Their function is to be present in what they do completely. And that is their life purpose. That is another life purpose is to be a frequency holder, which is to embody presence in whatever you do, even if on the surface it looks like something small. It's not small. Anything into which presence flows is not, it's not a small thing. Your so-called consciousness, which is not yours, let's just call it that, your consciousness is connected to, to the totality of human consciousness. And human consciousness is one aspect of universal consciousness. So you cannot not affect other humans, even if you were a, if you lived in solitude as a hermit, your state of consciousness would still affect the totality of human consciousness with which you're always connected. Uh, so there have been throughout history humans who uh, embodied 
this state of that I call frequency holdout. That means that what they do is they hold the frequency of presence. This has been a tradition in, unfortunately, in the Western world, this has been almost lost uh, because it's not is not not regarded as anything that is part of the already existing social structures that we have in the Western world. If you go back a few hundred years, you had monasteries and convents, and the frequency holders, people who felt they didn't want to go out into this world and achieve things, they would go into a monastery, and some of them probably were present, not uh, not. Not all of them. There were others who were very much ego-dominated, always. But that's another story. But there were social structures like monasteries that gave people a place who felt they they just wanted to be devoted to God or, to, or just to, to to prayer and God. And then, very few monasteries actually survive in the West these days. Uh, convents are all closing down. So there, there's no, not an established place for frequency holders in the Western world anymore. In India, th there's been an uninterrupted tradition going back thousands of years for people to, to, to recognize, society recognizes there and always has those humans who, who feel called upon to withdraw from the world and just embody consciousness or presence and they still exist in india and it's not they're not regarded as crazy <laughs> uh, whereas in the west they would probably regard it as crazy or something very wrong with them and, and they don't have a place here so don't underestimate the importance of frequency holders if and if you are a frequency holder that's fine but even there you have a challenge the challenge is to remain conscious and presence. If your life becomes too regulated, if you go too much into a daily routine, let's say you're a gardener and you have these, you care for your flowers and plants every day and you're present in everything you do, it's just wonderful. The challenge is to remain presence after a few years of not being challenged by anything without knowing it, you could, your level of consciousness could go down because nothing is challenging you. But usually even frequency holders will sooner or later get challenged by events. <laughs> if you practice, coming back again to your question, if so, if you practice karma yoga, consecrated action, um, and you feel that is fulfilling, then Either you will, this will continue or something will emerge out of that, which is also not uncommon, that something will emerge, something that suddenly you know what you have to do or create in this world. If you feel some kind of something is still, something wants to emerge, but it's not emerging fully, you, you might give it some help with a few affirmations that you might have that your purpose is unfolding beautifully and easily, your, your, the purpose for, in this world, and you can continue to be a frequency holder 
to continue to you know, practice karma yoga. And at the same time, you could have very gentle affirmations that your life purpose is unfolding and flowering. And so uh, that's a, you, you have to find your own affirmations. This is not incompatible with karma yoga. So would you like to comment on what I said? Is that, does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. I guess uh, I was sort of on the path of working towards what I thought uh, maybe my life purpose, but I came across a lot of uh, obstacles. I know you've talked about obstacles, but there were several obstacles over several years. So I, I was just wondering, I wanted a sign. I wanted to kind of let it go and see if it comes back to me rather than kind of pushing, like going out and pushing for it again. Could you uh, give one example of such an obstacle? Oh, it's uh, mostly other people. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, that, uh, uh, I'm sure many people are familiar with those obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest challenges for most humans is other humans. One of the great sources of sometimes joy, but very often also suffering, uh, is other humans. Uh, problems, if you, if you ask what, are, what problems do you have, many people, the first thing that comes to their mind is some other human or several of them. <laughs> so the, our challenge is, uh, good point, I'm glad I asked, our challenges often come in the form of human beings, other humans. And then that is also very helpful. Sometimes the people that irritate you most are those that are most helpful to you in the evolution of your consciousness. It doesn't mean that you, you need to actually stay with, with every obnoxious person that you meet and you say, no, I can't remove myself from him or her. Well, sometimes you can remove yourself from an obnoxious person, and it's the right thing to do. At other times, especially if it's family members with whom you have this karmic link, that's good practice. So because family members, it's, uh, it's not so easy to say, oh, I don't want to see you again, go away. Well, some people do that. But uh, depending on your culture, that you culture you come from, in some cultures, family is still sacrosanct, family is very important. Uh, in the West, I know people who often, they haven't seen their siblings in years because they can't stand them. <laughs> but it's more difficult if it's family members, then very help, very useful for spiritual practice to uh, uh, stay conscious, stay present when, when you come together with family members, if, especially if they criticize you as they may do, or whatever it is that they tell you. Even parents, if you are you, you are grown up, but then you still have to meet your your parents, and your parents may may not agree with your life, may not be constantly still want to interfere. Maybe your mother or father will still want to control you because they can't give up their role of mother and father. All these things that you can deal with as part of your spiritual practice. And this is why Ram Das said, as you may know, Ram Das, the spiritual teacher, said, 
if you think you're so enlightened, go and spend a week with your parents. Very good advice, because that will give you feedback as to your state of consciousness. How do you deal with your parents? For two weeks, you're stuck there. <laughs> now, of course, some people have very conscious parents. A few. I haven't met many. But actually, it is more common these days. I have, I have met a few younger parents who are endeavoring to bring up their children consciously and to endeavoring to live together as consciously as possible. I've met quite a few because of the people I come into touch, into contact with. It's still a minority, of course. But if I go back to the, when I was a child, I can't think of any conscious parents at that time. The people, parents who, who were consciously endeavoring to live consciously, that was unheard of when I grew up many years ago. <laughs> people didn't even know what it meant to be conscious. <laughs> so be thankful to other humans for being difficult. If they are absolutely unbearable or they, or they become violent or whatever, then of course you have to remove yourself. But if it's inevitable, then you, you be with them, then practice or you, you transcend all reactivity and can be loving, have, have, being in a state of loving kindness, although they are not. <laughs> One last thing, uh, often I've, people tell me that uh, they complain that my mother, my father, they don't understand me at all. They don't understand anything. Whenever I go, they don't, they don't understand me. And they suffer a lot because their mother or their father don't understand what they're the complete separation. They're trying to explain what their value, what they consider important spiritual values. Parents just don't understand. They just criticize. I often hear those stories. And of course, my advice is, if anybody doesn't understand you, give up the assumption or the belief that you need them to understand you. And that it would actually make any difference to your life if they did understand you. It's a thought in your mind that says, I need them to understand me. No, you don't. You, you, can be, you don't need them to be fully, to understand you to be fully yourself. You, need, you, need, you don't need them to recognize who you are, because you know who you are. <laughs> so you're not dependent on anybody's understanding. It's an enormous liberation when you can give up the need to be understood by other people. <laughs> that need was actually always just created by the egoic mind. Imagine imaginary scenario, you're with your parents or your mother or whatever, and your mother traditionally always criticized you and said, I don't know what you're doing with your life or whatever. And, and suddenly imagine your mother says, oh now, oh, now I really appreciate what you do. I can understand it now. Does it really make a difference? A moment ago, let's say she said, all you're doing is wrong. Your whole life is wrong. And then let's say then she changes her mind and it says, oh, now I understand you makes no difference one or the other ultimately to who you are. And that's an enormous liberation of not, not needing to be understood. 
And that's only one aspect, of course, of other people and the many challenges that can arise with other people. Not surprisingly, I've quoted him before. What is such a lovely quote. I think I even wrote it in a book. <laughs> the philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, French philosopher, said, hell is other people. Uh, and that's the English translation. I think in the original French, he just, it reads as, hell is the others, les autres. Hell is the others. It's always the others, hell. And of course, to the ego, it is very often. <laughs> heaven and hell, because to the ego, the other sometimes regarded as heaven too, for a while. And then you get married and live together and suddenly it's hell. <laughs> Not always, but often. <laughs> heaven and hell, the others. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have a moment of stillness. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.